0: president trump yes is a man of his word <laughs>
1: <laughs> he actually said that didn't he
2: <laughs> well i don't know why i came here tonight that's why i got the feeling there's something right no, it ain't. i'm so scared in case i fall off my chair and i'm wondering how i'll get down the stairs Clowns to the left me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Here I am. Yes, I'm stuck in. From the
1: Pacifica Radio you. in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Also in Red Bluff and Redding, California, on KFOI Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ Cottage Groves, Queso. And Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI. Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN. Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR. In New Orleans on WHIV. Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX. Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR. And Minneapolis, St. Paul's, AM 950, KTNF, and, yes, we stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week, I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. The first full day of the Senate impeachment trial on Tuesday against President Donald John Trump was gaveled to a close by the Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, at almost 2 a.m. East Coast time on Wednesday morning after almost 13 hours of debate and presentations from the U.S. House managers prosecuting the case and the White House attorneys defending the president on whether documents and witnesses would be allowed in the historic trial, only the third impeachment trial for a president of the United States and one that would be Only the first in U.S. history to ever proceed without actual witnesses testifying. If the 13 votes that were carried out on Tuesday almost entirely along party lines, if that continues to be the tactic by Republicans who, by uh, any and all means, seem set to protect this president uh, by violating their impeachment trial oath to do, quote, impartial justice in this matter, Would this, in fact, be a fair trial judged by a jury of senators sworn to carry out impartial justice without witnesses, without documents? On the basis of the votes by all 53 of the Republican U.S. senators on Tuesday in cahoots with a team of White House lawyers willing to lie, yes, lie, on behalf of the president, the answer appears to be no. This would not be a fair trial, not by a long shot, at least as of today. As the Democratic U.S. House managers are now, as we go to air, offering their opening arguments in earnest without any promise that any of the firsthand witnesses to the alleged high crimes and misdemeanors central to the two articles of impeachment or unreleased documents at the White House, the State Department, the Pentagon and elsewhere that document the president's alleged abuse of power and obstruction of justice, Without any promise that any of those will ever be seen or heard in these proceedings, a point that the House managers described as unprecedented in the 250 year history of this nation in any impeachment trial for president or anybody else. There would be 13 votes in all on uh, on Tuesday on amendments to the rules resolution that was submitted by Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, amendments by Democrats to subpoena documents from White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, documents from the State Department detailing the president's call with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky as Trump withheld military assistance to strong arm the new anti-corruption warrior Ukrainian president, To force him to announce, not to carry out, just to announce investigations into Trump's potential 2020 political rival, Joe Biden. Documents from the Office of Management and Budget, the OMB, were also sought in these amendments. The OMB withheld nearly $400 million in congressionally appropriated military funds on the order of the president of the United States. There were motions to uh, amendments to uh, subpoena State Department documents to subpoena Mulvaney himself to give testimony to subpoena the OMB staffers who carried out this hold to subpoena Trump's own national security security advisor, John Bolton, who regarded Trump's Ukraine scheme as a, quote, drug deal and who has said that he would be willing to testify if subpoenaed by the US Senate since as he claims he knows more about all of this than is currently publicly known and yet in vote after vote after vote republicans voted as a block with 53 votes to deny every amendment offered by democrats even even to allow subpoenas at a later date or to have the chief justice who presides over all of this, to authorize a subpoena if the Republican-appointed John Roberts felt any particular witness or document would have probative value by being relevant to this inquiry. That amendment uh, had led House Manager Adam Schiff to argue that uh, in allowing a Republican-appointed judge to make these decisions, that, quote, one side is not afraid of a fair trial trial, the other side is terrified. They don't trust even the chief justice to decide who is relevant to this case, even, for example, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. The Democrats were willing to, uh, to, to allow the chief justice to make that decision.
3: Yes, but Republicans were not.
1: Hi, Desi Doyle. Hi. <laughs> Republicans voted in a block 53 to 47 against every single one of those amendments, except for one uh, which would have allowed more time for each side to respond to the other's motions. That one uh, was a vote of 52 to 48, with Maine's Susan Collins deigning to vote in favor of that one. Overseas, the economic conf- at the Economic Conference in Davos, Switzerland, the president of the United States, who has pretended before that he would, quote, love to have people like Bolton and Pompeo and Mulvaney all testify at his Senate trial, he repeated those lies again when asked by reporters about subpoenaing those witnesses.
4: I would rather interview Bolton. I would rather interview a lot of people. Uh, the problem with John is that it's a national security problem. Oh, you, know, really? you can't have somebody who's at national security. Oh, yeah. He knows some of my thoughts. He knows what I think <laughs> about leaders. Uh, what happens if he reveals what I think about a certain leader and it's not very positive and that I have to deal on behalf of the country. It's going to be very hard. It's going to make the job very hard. Uh, he knows other things and... Uh, I don't know if we left on the best of the terms. I would say probably not, you know And so you don't like people testifying when uh, They didn't leave on good terms and that was due to me not due to him And so we'll see what happens, but when you have a national security you could call it Presidential prerogative you could just call it the way I look at it. I call it national security for national security reasons executive privilege they say Uh, So that would John would certainly fit into that. When you're a national security advisor, um, I just think it's very hard when he knows uh, my thoughts on certain people and other governments. And we're talking about massive trade deals and war and peace and all these different things that we talk about. Uh, that's really a very important national security problem. I think uh, other people. Uh, Mick Mulvaney is probably around here someplace. I'd love to have Mick go, but I think that uh, I would like to have. I'll tell you what I don't like, mm-hmm. though. I'd love to have Mike Pompeo testify. Yeah. But again, that's a national security problem. But I'd love to have Mike Pompeo. But it's a national security problem. I'd love to have Rick Perry. Rick Perry has asked me. I'd love to testify. Please let me testify, because he knows this is all a hoax. He understands it better than most. And Rick Perry would love to testify, but we're dealing with national security.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. We're dealing (laughs) with national security.
3: Because he pretends that all of those people just could not possibly restrain themselves from saying stuff that would be sensitive or classified. Despite
1: the fact that they do it all the time when they testify before Congress.
3: It's literally in their job. Uh, I mean,
1: guys like Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, Energy Secretary Rick Perry, they were all a part of the scheme. So to say that this is a national security problem... They all have firsthand knowledge of this, Uh, and they could, by the way, offer exculpatory information to get the president off the hook, right? They're all appointees of his that he would love to have testify, but he just can't because national security and executive power, I guess they say, which, by the way, the White House has never not once actually bothered to invoke in this matter. So he's just making that up. Sure, uh, they would totally clear him if only they were allowed to speak. But darn it. National security, I guess. Executive power, they say. Oh, well, I guess they can't testify. Too bad. Uh, Despite a videotape played by the Democrats showing Trump, say repeatedly, even before his comments today in Davos, that he would love to have all of these people testify in a fair trial once it got to the Senate. Well, now we are at that fair trial. The Senate GOP majority voted nonetheless to shoot down all of Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer's efforts to amend Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's trial resolution to allow subpoenas for those witnesses and the documents to be issued at the beginning of the trial. There may be another chance later in a few days to vote again. But what Democrats were able to do as they argued in favor of each amendment was they offered a detailed narrative for how each of uh, of these witnesses or documents were key to shedding light on Trump's scheme to cheat in the 2020 presidential election by seeking help from a foreign power in exchange for hundreds of millions of dollars taxpayer money that was allocated as military aid over which Trump held the strings of federal power and what Clearly unprepared uh, White House attorneys thought would be simple procedural argument. The Democratic prosecutors made a detailed and damning case against the president. Leaving even the Republicans own law expert from the House hearings unimpressed with with the White House defense against it. Jonathan Turley, the constitutional scholar at George Washington University, who House Republicans had chosen to testify during the House Judiciary Committee's impeachment hearings a few weeks ago, smacked down the White House's legal argument in the Senate trial on Tuesday. In an op-ed published in The Washington Post, Turley took aim at the White House counsel Pat Cipollone and Trump's lawyer Jay Sekulow, claiming that the president cannot be impeached because he did not commit a crime when he withheld military aid to Ukraine while asking uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky to investigate Joe Biden. Now, of course, the GAO has since said that, yes, the president did commit a crime. But Turley said it is a view, the the notion that he can't be impeached for that, he said uh, it is a view that is at odds with history and the purpose of the Constitution. Turley warned that adopting their interpretation of impeachable offenses would, quote, create lasting harm for the constitutional system because it is far too narrow. The developing defense by the White House, he said, is a mistake. It would again expand the space for executive conduct by reducing the definition of impeachable conduct to only the criminal code. In other words, if it's not in the criminal code, specifically, you can't impeach a president for it. Never mind that when the founders uh, put impeachment into the Constitution, there was not a whole lot of criminal code. They hadn't written all of those laws yet. so I guess they were, you know saying that nobody could be impeached until way later until we actually had criminal code that we could apply to the impeachment. Uh, process that we put into the Constitution. Turley says it is an argument that is as politically unwise as it is constitutionally short sighted. The White House defense did not go over well either on Fox News, which may be one reason why they, unlike CNN and MSNBC today, Desi Doyen, I don't know if you've been watching it, but uh, over on Fox News. They've been running commercials all day long.
3: Have they really? They've been
1: breaking away from the hearings. They keep it down there in a little box while they go with a big box uh, with the commercial in it. So they have they can say we've got gavel to gavel coverage, even though
3: they're not airing. There's other. a guy
1: in a box who you can't hear any of. You could see what he, you could see. He's saying something. You have no idea what he's talking about. That's how Fox News is covering or rather not covering Uh, only the third impeachment trial of a president in U.S. history. Uh, And they're also going to their, I understand, their regular afternoon and evening programs tonight, even if the impeachment trial continues. So Fox News viewers will remain ignorant. But in any event, where some of the uh, incredibly few people over there that have even the thinnest shred of honesty and decency are left, it was clear that this did not look good for the president during the Senate's debate. Over these amendments on Tuesday to subpoena key witnesses and documents, Wallace, uh, George uh, George Wallace, Chris (laughs) Wallace uh, of Fox News commented that Trump's impeachment lawyers Cipollone and Seculo were, quote, making a mistake by simply insisting that President Donald Trump did nothing wrong with little substance in their arguments with Democrats using their time to argue for witnesses to actually lay out their case.
0: I think that's pretty smart on the part of the Democrats. They're taking this time to, in effect, make their opening argument, to make the case against the president, to make the case for why the Senate needs to hear from more witnesses, more evidence. Uh, and I think, to some degree, that the that the White House lawyers are making a mistake. They are basically saying there's nothing to see here. All of this is bogus. While the the House Managers are taking every second of their one hour to make whatever case they want to make. Uh, I'd be very curious to see what the White House lawyers use. My bet is it wasn't even half an hour. And, you know, this is being watched by millions of people on the three cable channels. I don't know why you wouldn't take the time and uh, every second you have to, to make an argument on behalf of the president. If I were the president watching this, I would not be especially pleased.
1: And by the way, uh, Fox News, Chris Wallace, is also saying there's nothing to see here. They're running commercials and other shows instead of the impeachment trial. But the, uh, the most stinging critique, I think, at least for some in the White House, may have come from yet another Republican source. One of the Republican lawyers behind Bill Clinton's impeachment in the 1990s, that would be attorney George Conway, who is a Trump critic and, bizarrely enough, the husband of Donald Trump's top White House advisor, Kellyanne Conway. He charged on CNN that Republicans, quote, must be afraid of something since they voted time and time again for nearly 13 hours on Tuesday against all subpoenas for documents and witnesses, despite their firsthand knowledge of the matters about which the president of the United States is now being impeached. Why would they do that? He explained during an interview with Jake Tapper on CNN on Wednesday morning. Because the Republican senators, he says, know that Donald Trump is guilty.
0: McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, says he doesn't think there should be any witnesses, and he's telling his caucus that he doesn't think that should happen at all.
5: The Constitution says, Article One says that the Senate has the power to try, sole power, and thus the obligation to try all impeachments. It's their obligation. To hear the evidence. And if there's evidence that's not in the record already, they should be going out and allowing the subpoena to be issued in the name of the chief justice of the United States for that evidence. That's what a trial is. That's what this is supposed to be for. And their job is to hear the evidence, to hear all of it. Not some of it or none of it, which seems to be the way they're going.
0: And what do you make of the fact that the Republicans have have opted to take this stand of no new evidence no new witnesses at least at this point
5: what are they afraid of what are they afraid of Are they gonna hear evidence that they don't like they must be afraid of something and that's that's the thing that i find most disturbing about it is they don't want to hear the evidence because they know the truth they know he's guilty and they don't want to hear the evidence because they don't want the american people to see it too ouch
1: ouch
3: not just ouch Dangerous. Uh, I mean, did you hear that he Republicans know that he's guilty? Yeah, but they're willing to destroy the Republic in order to hide it from the public.
1: And when he says, what are they afraid of? I kind of want to say, well, go ask your wife, George. George Conway, the husband of Kellyanne Conway, Uh, he said this morning that the charges against Trump are, quote, much, much more serious than what former President Bill Clinton was accused of during his impeachment. Which, remember, George Conway and Kellyanne Conway both worked on as Republican operatives at the time. He said Clinton lied under oath. But it was in a civil case that had nothing to do with the powers of his office. It had to do with what happened in a hotel room two years before he became president. And it didn't involve abuse of presidential power. It didn't involve withholding hundreds of millions of dollars in federal funds to an ally at war just because you want to get Uh, He, Trump, wanted to get a foreign country to announce a bogus investigation against his leading political rival. I mean, it should be it should be a no brainer here, said George Conway. He went on to call Trump a pathological liar in this interview and then to say that uh, Trump is, quote, a man who knows no boundaries and he's going to get worse, adding that's why he needs to be removed now. Conway said the fact that he went through all that and didn't learn anything, the fact that he's gone through all this and still maintains that the call to Zelensky was perfect, means that he has no idea what propriety uh, propriety requires, what the law requires, what the Constitution requires. He's thoroughly unfit for office, says George Conway, the husband of Trump's top advisor, Kellyanne Conway. Now, all of that may be true. It certainly is true. And the Republicans looked very bad and very unprepared, I thought, for the procedural debates on Tuesday in advance of the House manager's opening argument, which could also be their closing arguments if witnesses are not allowed after the White House makes its opening argument uh, later in the week. But as my guest joining me in a moment has been arguing, none of that really matters because Republicans, they are used to this. They are used to winning at all costs. Even when they are losing, because ultimately they are playing a different game than the Democrats are. Let's take a quick break here and we will pick this up with Washington Monthly's Martin Longman as the impeachment trial of Donald John Trump continues, along with our special coverage right here on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com slash donate,
6: and thanks. Oh,
1: we're pretty much there, it seems to me. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to the broadcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Our special impeachment coverage continues today. George Conway, the longtime Republican attorney who was central to the 1998 impeachment of Bill Clinton. And not coincidentally, but yes, remarkably, the husband of Trump's senior White House counselor, Kellyanne Conway. Uh, is a fierce Trump critic. He was on CNN Wednesday morning offering his thoughts on the first day of the impeachment hearings. He was asked by CNN's Jake Tapper, how do you feel when you see the Republican Party going against these basic rules that you consider to be important? And responded, uh, in turn he did, that he is deeply saddened by it all, calling this, quote, a moment of reckoning for the nation, and for his party. You
0: are a conservative attorney. You have been prominent in Republican legal circles for a long, long time. What do, how do you feel when you see the Republican party going against these basic rules that, that you consider to be important? I'm deeply
5: saddened. It's, it's very upsetting. And this is a moment I think of reckoning, not just for the country And for the rule of law and for the Constitution, it's a very specific day of reckoning for the Republican senators who took this oath and the Republican Party generally. Are they going to stand for lies instead of truth? Are they going to stand for gaslighting instead of reality? Are they going to just do the bidding of this one man and put his interests over those of the country? That's that's what this is about. And it was just distressing to see a complete unwillingness uh, of the Republican senators to vote for hearing evidence, vote for receiving evidence. It's it should have been there should have been no question about it.
1: There should have been no question about it. It is sad, though, whether it becomes a moment of reckoning for this Republican Party, that remains to be seen. This is hardly the GOP's first dance with a willingness to win at any cost, no matter how dishonest and deceptive and duplicitous the methods needed to win a political contest, even at a cost to the very values and indeed constitution that this country has theoretically been founded upon and which Republicans for years have theoretically embraced. Writing in Washington Monthly, Martin Longman on Tuesday argued that Mitch McConnell's Quote, scam impeachment rules are less about keeping his own Senate caucus from uh, cracking in the face of direct evidence of the president's high crimes and misdemeanors, than they may be about avoiding the endangerment of that caucus's majority this November. Longman writes today at Washington Monthly after Tuesday's long arguments over whether witnesses and documents will be allowed in the trial or if they will be blocked for the first time in the history of Senate impeachment trials, that even though McConnell and Republicans have a history of appearing to lose in battle after battle, they still somehow end up winning those battles. It's been so long since they've gotten the better of an argument and so long since it has mattered, writes Longman. That the GOP is perfectly content to live in a post-fact universe. Still, it is occasionally embarrassing for them to be trounced in intellectual combat. Really? Is it? Are you sure, Martin? We're joined now by Martin Longman. He is formerly founder and editor of the great progressive blog Booman Tribune. He is now creator and editor of Progress Pond and a longtime contributor to the Washington Monthly's political animal blog. Martin Longman, welcome back to the broadcast, sir.
7: Hey, thanks for having
1: me. Hey, thank you for letting us pull you away from the House managers opening arguments today uh, to get your thoughts on all of this. As we go to air, lead House manager Adam Schiff has just wrapped up his opening remarks. Marty, let me get your thoughts on that case today and and, and then we'll broaden it out a bit. How are the how are the Democrats doing so far? How did uh, Adam Schiff do on Wednesday?
7: I was very impressed with Adam Schiff. He's incredibly prepared he they clearly did not waste their time uh when they were you know having the delay in sending over the articles they have been very impressive the first two days in their presentations and adam schiff in particular you know he mm-hmm. he is an excellent prosecutor you can tell yeah. um he really hit all his marks and his presentation was excellent and uh I, I was very impressed with him.
1: Can you, uh, since I've been uh, uh, prepping today's show as much as I've been trying to keep an eye on the ongoing proceedings, can you sort of summarize what uh, Schiff did in his opening uh, salvo on Wednesday, what, what exactly he's, he's trying to lay out here?
7: I think he's got two audiences. He's got the public at large, and he's got the Senate. And then within the Senate, at least in theory, he would like to try to convince some Republicans. So he didn't take a particularly partisan line. Um, He appealed more to people's patriotism, common sense. And I think he just laid out the basic facts of the case. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was more of an opening argument. And, of course, they were very clever. They used yesterday to get about 11 hours of opening argument in.
1: <laughs> yes, they did.
7: Um, so, so that he could actually cover a little more ground today than maybe, you know, a lot of what he would have had to do today he got done yesterday. So that was pretty smart. And I think he made a very compelling case. And it's just hard to see how the Republicans will come back and have very little to say mm-hmm. um, substantively against his argument
1: I've been uh, impressed over the past couple of days with the uh, Democratic House managers like you say uh, Martin that they did seem to be uh, doing a lot of prep over the past month uh, since the articles were held back from the House I I think they've been presenting so far about as good and professional case as they can, given the limitations that they have here, without the documents they've been requesting, subpoenas for, without the witnesses, and so forth. What is your impression at the same time of the case so far, anyway, as we have seen it presented by the White House defense attorneys?
7: Well, it seems they're a little bit, uh, quite a lot hamstrung by the fact that the president doesn't want to admit any weakness, admit any wrongdoing. So an obvious defense could be, yes, this was an inappropriate call or something, but not impeachable or something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, without asking for mercy or for some kind of consideration or Mm -hmm. something, they're they're stuck with his tweets, his talking points, and in many cases just outright Lies, right. um, which do not play very well in this setting. So it'll be interesting to see. They have quite a lot of time to fill when they do get to their defense, mm-hmm. and I don't know how they'll fill it. <laughs> no, well, you no. Know I mean,
1: we do know that Pat Cipollone, the uh, lead uh, attorney for the president, and actually the the White House counsel, he was willing to lie. He just out and out lied on Tuesday when he claimed that no Republicans were able to be in the uh, in the secure skiff in the basement of the uh, of the U.S. House when they were first taking depositions from te- uh, from um, from witnesses. That was just an out and out lie because there was some 50 Republican, 50 House Republicans who were there, who asked questions and had the exact same amount of time as the Democrats did. Does it tell us that they are willing to just out and out lie in support of this president and that they just don't care that they just don't think they'll either think they won't be called out on it by the Democrats or it won't matter if if they are called out by the Democrats? I mean, how do you, how do you wage a battle like that? and and lie in front of the entire world watching like this.
7: Yeah, they lied about that, and they also lied about whether or not the president was afforded the opportunity to have lawyers bring witnesses, cross-examine people in the Judiciary Committee, Mm -hmm. markup of the articles. That's also a lie that he told during the impeachment trial on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So, so yes, uh, this is an example of talking points that were never true being repeated in the trial context, and normally you would risk disbarment mm-hmm. for something like that. I don't know whether or not the legal groups that do disbarment would judge an impeachment trial, but it is disbarable behavior, mm-hmm. and um, I think that the fact that they feel compelled to do that is an indication that either they they need to follow the president's directions and he has his Points that he wants them to make, and many of those points are just false. I mean, that's one possibility, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, But whatever it is, they don't feel ethically bound not to do it. What,
1: what, uh, was it a smart strategy then for the Democrats uh, to lay out their case uh, for uh, for witnesses in such detail on Tuesday, right off the bat? I mean, I thought in each case it was a you know a compelling argument for why you would need to bring in these uh, various witnesses and documents, but they did keep the senators in the chamber until two a.m. in the bargain. Uh, Even though you know the Democrat, they had offered to say, "Hey, we'll we'll do the rest of these votes tomorrow." The Republicans said, "No, let's do them tonight." Um, But did they use up uh, some? If well, I want to say some goodwill, but I don't know if there was ever any uh, to begin with uh, when it comes to the Republicans on this issue.
7: Yeah, I think they would not have gained anything by making concessions or trying to win anybody over with goodwill, I think if they're going to win over any Republicans, it's going to be by, you know, pummeling the president throughout Mm -hmm. this process and getting the public more strongly on their side and getting the Republicans to look at some internal numbers. But they're not going to do it by playing nice, I don't think. So I think the main thing they did was they took advantage of the fact that McConnell set this system up and and gave them an hour per amendment and they just went and started laying out their case because he was restricting them to only 24 hours to make their case and they just took an extra 11 hours so i thought it was brilliant and very effective and the other side was not prepared so they also had that advantage now very one-sided
1: these guys, uh, these senators who uh, the hundred senators who serve as jurors, they uh, they don't get to use their iPhones while they're sitting there. They have to check them uh, uh, before they enter the chamber, so they must uh, either listen or, I guess, they could just fall asleep. But they're forced to hear this stuff. There, there's been some, you know, compelling argument offered, as you uh, as you note, Martin, uh, even within the arguments by uh, Democrats to call witnesses and subpoena documents and so forth. Is there any chance, I know it's early in this process still, Marty, but is there any chance that any of that information that they are being forced to listen to that many of these Republicans may not even know about because, you know, they don't want to know about this stuff, they may not know about it as well as you and I do, is there any chance, do you see any chance of any of this stuff actually getting through to them to make any difference down the road, uh, and maybe maybe even just the short term when when we'll have additional votes next week for uh, uh, witnesses and documents once again,
7: I hesitate to to be optimistic, you know <laughs> in, in any way, but I, I think the possibility of convincing them to allow some witnesses that that I think is possible. And I think if that does happen, I mean, you'll see why they fought so hard to keep it from happening. Mm -hmm. I think they could lose control of the caucus in the process if that happens, just because, in particular, John Bolton, I don't know what he would be wanting to do Mm -hmm. um, if he showed up, but um, I think he has information that, if he were honest, would very much... Aid the prosecution here, I think that it would it, most of all undermine the talking points that they've been using on Fox News and in the right wing media mm-hmm. orbit. So I think that if there's any hope, it is that the witnesses do get in and that things kind of change from there. yeah but that's about all I got for <laughs> for optimism.
1: Well, and that could, by the way. I mean, I know the conventional wisdom is that it is impossible to get 67 senators to vote to convict. That is probably true, barring something earth-shaking. But uh, testimony from John Bolton, you know, or Lev Parnas, they didn't bring him up, but uh, uh, John Bolton, uh, even as unlikely as it may seem right now, if that happens... That could be a game changer, it seems to me and and all bets could be off depending on what a John Bolton shows up and says if he is allowed to, to to say anything I mean that seems to me why they are fighting so hard uh to keep any of these people from uh from showing up
7: i that's exactly what I think um and I don't really understand the absence of Lev Parnas other than that he's a very um he's not a credible. Person due to his background and his you know fraudulent business practices and other things i, I think that they're very wary of of getting too involved with him mm-hmm. uh, but the whole angle the the parnas uh fruman Giuliani angle of this is a very potent angle that ha- somehow has fallen by the wayside here mm-hmm. um and I don't see that getting pulled back in because they haven't prepped that. Yeah,
1: it's, yeah, I mean, it seems to me it's a, it, it, that was a bombshell, just an absolute bombshell. It's a word that's overused uh, way too often in the media, but it was a bombshell interview that uh, Rachel Maddow did with him uh, last week. I'm kind of surprised that stuff didn't uh, make it in, at least so far, into any of the uh, opening statements. Um, but, uh, Martin, let me talk about the, uh, what you write today at, uh, at, uh, over the last couple of days at Progress Pond and at Washington Monthly about how uh, Republicans, uh, for really the past 20 years or so, going back to Florida 2000, that election, uh, you write that Republicans make a living winning despite losing that they have become dependent on cheating and rigging the rules of the game and they are experts at it at this point man are you uh, right on point with that comment uh, they really are playing a different game at this point than democrats are playing and i think that when we you know look at this and you know who's winning who's losing here it seems like they're playing by different rules than than democrats are they are playing to win democrats are Playing the you know the same old uh, polite uh, politics that they have been playing for decades is that is that fair is that what you're trying to get at in your uh, in your comments at Washington Monthly?
7: I, 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 yes, it's fair. I think what the Democrats are currently doing um, is a break from the past. Um, in the past, um, they they wouldn't have put their foot down and impeached the president despite the odds, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think that they they are learning, hmm. um, but I think but I think overall the the Democrats um, are very successful at convincing the most people to vote for them, much less successful in actually winning the election. Mm-hmm. Right? They're um, successful at winning an argument, less successful in winning a vote. Right. Mm-hmm. So so that that's kind of where I'm going with that. The, the Republicans are very active in voter suppression. Um, yes. You know, <laughs> yeah. coming up, coming up, you know, uh, in person um, mm-hmm. voting fraud as an issue when it, it's virtually nonexistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then actually getting legislation enacted and getting people actually disenfranchised. I mean, they do this crazy stuff, and um, they get all on board with it, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's very effective for them. Um, you know, the Democrats get stuck in court after the fact or, you know, trying to figure out what happened. But, I, you know, so from that standpoint, yeah, the Republicans have decided that they will try to win elections by determining who can vote rather than winning the vote. And uh, they've been very effective at it.
1: Well, I think that yeah. it, it, Trump's behavior here at the heart of this entire impeachment inquiry is about, as the uh, Democrats argue, is about cheating in the election, in the 2020 election, uh, yeah. that all of this is has always been about elections and about winning elections, which is why it's uh, interesting in, in uh, your piece over at Washington Monthly, I think yesterday, you say that uh, th- w- what you describe as uh, McConnell's rules for a scam trial is less about trying to uh, hold his own caucus together in the Senate, than it is about uh, trying to hold on to his uh, his caucus majority this November. Is is that how you see it? Are these rules and the the prevention of uh, of of all witnesses and all documents more about the November election than it is about um, you know keeping his own Republicans in the Senate in line for this trial?
7: Yes, I think I think that when a president is running for reelection. If he doesn't do well, if he's defeated, it's very likely that other people sharing the ticket with him will also not do well. And so, for the Republicans, they're in a jam because if Trump runs for re-election and he's severely damaged, they they cannot figure out a way to keep him from winning the nomination. Right. Right. They tried that four years ago. Right. Right. They've got nobody sitting in the wings right now. So they know that if he's still in office, he's going to be their nominee. They can't stop that. So do they want him to run relatively strong, or do they want him to be severely weakened uh, and and have to go to the convention and sit there and praise him and talk about how great it is and how he needs to be reelected and pretend that they believe that? And they don't want to have to deal with that, so they want Trump to come out of this as unscathed as possible. And so limiting the witnesses, limiting how much damage can be done, mm. shortening the trial, all of those things will limit the damage, mm-hmm. and that's the best they can do. So, so if they let these witnesses in, yeah. and they and they make a very compelling case, and they still acquit them, that's going to hurt them. People are going to be looking at them funny, like, why'd you vote that way? Mm-hmm. They're also going to be suffering down-ticket consequences of sharing a ticket with a guy who's been severely damaged, right? So there's definitely total self-interest here Mm -hmm. in protecting Trump. The thing they should realize is they can solve the problem immediately by removing him. (laughs) Right. Then they don't have to share this ticket with him.
1: Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, in, in fact, in one sense, Democrats could be helping him out by saying, hey, get rid of this guy, get rid of this baggage, dump it now, dump it early, yeah. and you may have a better chance this November, presumably with a Mike Pence or whoever else uh, y- yeah. you might run.
7: Exactly. <sighs> and, you know, it, it's completely in their self-interest to do that. I mean, and, you know, that's the only thing I ever wondered was whether they'd uh, secretly do it. <laughs> he just ambush him at the last second take, take, but, you know that, that's a that's a dream, yeah. but, you know, it, it would make sense,
1: but take the uh, get out of Trump free card that Democrats he, are handing them.
7: He could be gone in a week
1: uh, if if yeah. if there is to be a quick acquittal, uh, however, as is the conventional wisdom uh, in the end, uh, you write that the battle will be over the consequences and that in that respect, there is good reason for the Democrats to hope that they will get the last laugh. Uh, so uh, how so? You think, I, I think you're referring to how all of this is is playing out in November, that ultimately, even if he does get that acquittal, this is ultimately going to redound to the benefit of the Republicans, not to the, uh, I'm sorry, to the Democrats, not to the Republicans, as uh, many are claiming, "Oh, this is going to uh, increase Donald Trump's uh, popularity and and possibility of being reelected if he's acquitted here in this case."
7: I, th- I I think that the it's kind of a thing that we just kind of went over this in a different kind of way, but you know, the process is going to be seen if there's not witnesses mm-hmm. as pretty much of you know a setup. Not a fair trial. But the public is still already, majority of them want them gone. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that it doesn't help them to have voted for no witnesses, for example. I mean, I think that that is going to hurt many of the uh, Republican candidates. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, if they allow the witnesses, as I was just discussing, that could possibly also harm them. Mm hmm. Right. Yep. So they're in a no win situation. So I understand they've got to pick one. Right. But but, you know, but, that, but I do think that overall, this impeachment process is going to be harmful to the Republicans in, next November.
1: I can only hope so. But now I've uh, gotten to this point, uh, given all that we have seen over the over recent years, that uh, I don't. I don't predict anything anymore because who knows how any of this is going to play out. Uh, I'll leave you with one last question. If, if you wish to make a prediction, uh, Martin, will there be uh, will some of the uh, senators have a change of heart by, I guess, pretty much this time next week when they have to vote yet again on whether to allow some of these witnesses? Are we going to see witnesses in this trial?
7: Wow, um, you put me on the spot. Yes, and I did. A, and you're smart if you don't
1: <laughs> answer. If you don't answer me, yeah. so feel free to duck me. Yeah. <laughs>
7: it's, it's such a close call, you know. Um, and i I really want to believe that there will be some witnesses. And I think there's a chance. But I won't be shocked if there are not.
1: Okay. I was going to say an uncharacteristically optimistic Martin Logman, but you threw in that uh, that doubt at the end just to make things even. Martin Logman, you can find him at WashingtonMonthly.com and at his new site, ProgressivePond.com. Uh, some of you may know him from the old days as the, the blogger known as Boo Man. He still has that in his Twitter name. You can find him on the Twitters at BooMan.com. Martin Longman, always great talking to my friend. Hope to do it again soon.
7: All right. Always a pleasure, Brad. Thank you.
1: Thank you, brother. All right. a Quick break. And we're back with uh, a couple of uh, clips that I want to hit from yesterday and one from today from the impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. We'll see. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Our friend Ian Milheiser over at Vox uh, pointed out that the senators who supported, uh, who who voted against subpoenaing uh, witnesses and documents on Tuesday uh, represent 15 million fewer people than the senators who were in favor of it. In other words, as Ari Berman echoed, Senate Republicans who represent 15 million fewer people than Senate Democrats can block impeachment of a president who committed crimes worse than Watergate, lost the popular vote by 2.9 million votes and suffered the largest midterm election defeat in U.S. history. Ari says unrepresentativeness of the U.S. Senate is one of the greatest threats to democracy in America. Thirty four senators From the 17 smallest states representing only 7 percent of the country can block Trump's removal from office. There were uh, it got heated if you uh, were not awake by what, 2 a.m. on the East Coast. (laughs) Those of us out here on the West Coast were still able to, to catch this. As they were debating a subpoena for John Bolton, the former national security advisor of Donald Trump, who has called uh, what happened in Ukraine, what Donald Trump's pressure scheme, he called it a drug deal and Donald Trump has pretended that he would love to have John Bolton uh, give testimony in the, in the Senate, and Bolton has said he would be happy to do so if subpoenaed. Nonetheless, those Republican senators voted down a subpoena of John Bolton and his firsthand account of what actually happened here. In the bargain, in arguing in favor of John Bolton's uh, subpoena, Well, tempers got kind of hot by 2 a.m. This was uh, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler.
0: The House managers
4: strongly support this amendment to subpoena John Bolton. I am struck by what we have heard from the president's counsel so far tonight. They complain about process, but they do not seriously contest any of the allegations against the president. They insist that the president has done nothing wrong. But they refuse to allow the evidence and hear from the witnesses. They will not permit the American people to hear from the witnesses. And they lie. And lie and lie and lie.
1: And lie they did. Cipollone was caught uh, telling demonstrable lies. And nonetheless, he was just so upset by uh, what Nadler had to say to him that he responded with this.
0: It's about time we bring this power trip in for a landing. President Trump is a man of his word.
1: Okay. Now, at that point, I don't know how everyone in the chamber didn't uh, bust a gut laughing (laughs) at that comment at that point. I know I (laughs) did. And by the way, uh, both the House managers and the White House uh, Defense counsel were, were then reprimanded by Chief Justice John Roberts, who asked them to, hey, tone down those intemperate comments.
3: Because, you know, we're only talking about, I don't know, dismantling the Constitution and all the norms and laws that go with it. But yeah, hey, civility.
1: And of course, on the Democratic side, they were accurate. On the Republican side, they were not. Nonetheless, uh, I want to play uh, one quote the way uh, Congressman Adam Schiff, the lead House impeachment manager, opened the uh, opening arguments on Wednesday with a quote from uh, Alexander Hamilton that I had heard many times before but once he read it uh, in this context I thought wow was that a prescient uh, comment from our one of our founders
6: when a man unprincipled in private life desperate in his fortune bold in his temper possessed of considerable talents having the advantage of military habits, despotic in his ordinary demeanor, known to have scoffed in private at the principles of liberty, when such a man is seen to mount the hobby horse of popularity, to join in the cry of danger to liberty, to take every opportunity of embarrassing the general government and bringing it under suspicion, to flatter and fall in with all the nonsense of the zealots of the day, it may justly be suspected that his object is to throw things into confusion, that he might ride the storm and direct the whirlwind." Those words were written by Alexander Hamilton in a letter to President George Washington at the height of the Panic of 1792, a financial credit crisis that shook our young nation. Hamilton was responding to sentiments relayed to Washington as he traveled the country that America, in the face of that crisis, might descend from a Republican form of government, plunging instead into that of monarchy. The framers of the Constitution worried then, as we worry today, that a leader might come to power not to carry out the will of the people that he was elected to represent, but to pursue his own interests. They feared that a president would subvert our democracy by abusing the awesome power of his office for his own personal or political gain. And so they devised a remedy as powerful as the evil it was meant to combat, impeachment. They could appreciate just as we can how power can corrupt and even as we struggle to understand how the framers might have responded to presidential misconduct of the kind and character that we are here to try, we should not imagine for one moment that they lacked basic common sense or refuse to apply it ourselves. We are here today, in this hallowed chamber, undertaking this solemn action for only the third time in history because Donald J. Trump, the 45th President of the United States, has acted precisely as Hamilton and his contemporaries feared. It is up to you to be the tribunal that Hamilton envisioned. It is up to you to show the American people and yourselves that his confidence in that of the other founders was rightly placed. The Constitution entrusts you to the responsibility of acting as impartial jurors, to hold a fair and thorough trial and to weigh the evidence before you, no matter what your party affiliation or your vote in the previous election or the next, our duty is to the Constitution and to the rule of law. In Article I, we deal with the first evil, which the framers wish to guard against, that is, cases in which a president corruptly misused a power otherwise bestowed on him to secure a personal reward. Guarding against a president who undertakes official acts with the corrupt motive of helping himself is at the heart of the impeachment power.
1: That was Adam Schiff today opening his uh, argument on behalf of the Democrats, the House managers in the U.S. Senate trial of Donald J. Trump. Got to get out. We will pick up this special coverage, no doubt, tomorrow. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyan. Thanks, Des. Yep. To my guest today, Martin Longman of Washington Monthly and Progress Pond, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It is always greatly appreciated. If you missed any portion of today's program or any other, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com, a service made possible by those of you who help support our work here on the broadcast and at bradblog.com. Where we are 100% listener and reader supported, and proudly so. That's bradblog.com slash donate. Thank you. Drop me an email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com on the Facebooks and the Twitters. I am simply the Brad Blog. We will see you there until we see you here tomorrow. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.